Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one. Swan Lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is safe. Green run. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. Appreciate you finding us. Got a full week of activity going on in the sports world. We got the Major League Baseball playoffs. We got NBA starting at the NHL, college football. What a wild week last weekend was in the college football world, the NFL. Tons of surprises in week six as we head to week seven. Again, got an action-packed sports calendar going on. We're We're about a week away from Halloween. Get all your Halloween costumes in order. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Do you give out candy to the kiddos in your neighborhood and all that kind of good stuff? Are you a Halloween dresser-upper? I'm really not. I don't like, I don't, not that I don't like to do it, but I just, I just have not, as I get older in life, dressing up for Halloween is just a uh, hassle to me sometimes, unfortunately. So I don't typically do it, but I do like to go to a Halloween haunted house and those kind of things. I know that's where, depending on, no matter where you're living, there's ha- haunted houses all over the place and all around the country and all around the world in these different uh, venues that you see. So hopefully you enjoy Halloween. Going to have a little Halloween fun as we approach. Uh, as we approach, uh, it's almost Christmas time. I think all the Christmas music typically starts November 1st. So get ready to start hearing some uh, Christmas music here pretty soon. I actually did just see in my in my little neighborhood, somebody actually has Christmas lights already up on their house. And and the lights are on at night, so the Christmas spirit has begun here in Tampa, Florida. So, on the episode today, we're gonna I'm gonna give you some thoughts on the college football. Uh, uh, where we're at in the college football, where we're about the midpoint of the college football season, week seven. Uh, actually, it's week eight of the college football season and week seven of the National Football League. But most teams have played, uh, you know, six or seven games. A lot of buys this week for some of the bigger teams. So. Again, we're just going to give you a quick overview of just the dramatic games that we had last week. The the huge win by Tennessee, Utah, USC, TCU, Oak State, playoff possibilities and all that kind of stuff. Daniel Snyder, more and more bad stuff is starting to leak out about Snyder. I think this is the beginning of the end for Daniel Snyder in Washington as the owner. I think these owners, these other owners, are going to do whatever it takes to get Daniel Snyder out of the ownership position with the Washington Commanders. I think they've had enough of him. All the allegations that he's he's digging up dirt on other owners, on Roger Goodell and such. I think you're, you are seeing the beginning of the end of Daniel Snyder in, in D.C. Major League Baseball playoffs. So again, we're going to have Chris Perez, our Major League closer, two-time All-Star with Cleveland Indians. He's going to be back with us. We're going to be breaking down the uh, AL and NLCS series. Um, the Yankees have advanced to play the Houston Astros. The Astros won game one on Wednesday night, 4-2 behind Verlander. Uh, and in the National League, 
the Padres and the Phillies have played two games out in San Diego, splitting. The Padres win game two, eight to five. After the uh, Phillies, behind the great pitching performance of Zach Wheeler, win game one, two nothing on Tuesday night. So the series is going to be one one, heading back to Philadelphia. That place the, uh, at uh, the ballpark in Philly will be electric. Will be jumping after an off day on a Thursday. They'll they'll start up. I think it's two three. I think it's a two three two format. So I think they get three games in Philadelphia over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, again, that will be an electric atmosphere in Philadelphia. And, again, you're going to hear Chris and I break down uh, the matchups, what we think, how we think it's going to go, the, some of the drama, some of the managerial decisions that have to be made and such, and who we think have the edges in these series. So, <coughs> Houston, New York in the American League, Philly, and San, which is kind of the chalk. And in the National League, you have the five and the six seed, Philly and San Diego, with all the big boys getting knocked off, the Braves, the Mets, the Dodgers, all out as the uh, the National League is kind of chaotic when it comes to the bracket. So very evenly matched series, and you'll hear Chris and I break it down. So stay tuned to uh, Chris Perez's breakdown of the MLB playoffs here in just a bit. So um, I'm also going to give you some fan. I'm going to give you a couple fantasy nuggets and some game picks before we get to Chris. So let's get to the college football from last weekend. What a game in in Knoxville, Tennessee, Alabama, Tennessee shootout, and all a classic SEC, a game that'll be remembered for many, many, many years in Knoxville, especially. Tennessee finally breaks the 15-year losing streak to Alabama. Uh, Hendon Hooker played terrific. Uh, the kid Hyatt had five touchdowns for Tennessee. Poor job by Nick Saban there in the late in that game, managing the clock. Alabama had the ball at about the 40-yard line of Tennessee. They had about 40 seconds left in the game. They had every opportunity in the world to make Tennessee burn their timeouts and still be able to get off a field goal attempt. <clears throat> For Alabama to leave 18, 20 seconds on the clock after they miss a field goal is inexcusable if you're Nick Saban. You cannot allow Tennessee to have that much time plus timeouts when you had first and 10 on the 39-yard line with about 35, 38 seconds left in the game. You have to run the ball at least one time to make Tennessee use their timeouts. Plus, you can probably going to gain some yards running the ball as opposed to three straight incomplete passes that, and then results in a missed 50-yard field goal. So, uh, Tennessee, Alabama gets burned. Give Tennessee credit. They put, in, they put together two pass plays, use their timeouts because they can throw the ball anywhere they want and still use the timeout. And they kick a horrific, horrific, horrific game-winning field goal that somehow doesn't get blocked. It looks like an absolute helicopter going through the uprights, but it goes through. And Tennessee is off and running here. Tennessee's got a great opportunity. If they go to Georgia, they don't even have to win the game, I don't think. I think they got a legit opportunity. to. If they lose close to Georgia, they would still have an opportunity to still get into the college football playoff, in my opinion. Uh, but you need to lose close. If you beat Georgia, look out. I think Tennessee's, if they make the SEC title game as an undefeated Eastern Division champion, they're going to make the playoff, I think, unless they got beat by four touchdowns. Very distinct possibility they could play Alabama again if they were to beat Georgia, a rematch in Atlanta. But again, Alabama no longer has any margin of error. They still have Ole Miss on their schedule who's undefeated. They still have LSU. Um, they're still going to play Mississippi State, who's a good team. So, no guarantees Alabama gets through this regular season undefeated. Again, 
You got an sh- opportunity with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, who's undefeated. They're going to see Alabama in about three or four weeks. The week after, um, uh, Alabama, I think, plays LSU. I think they play Ole Miss the following week. But again, no, no, no easy path for Alabama. It's neither nor for Tennessee either. You got to go to Athens here in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, but again, what a win for Tennessee and Josh Heupel. USC, Utah, what a finish in Salt Lake City. Utah scores late, goes for two and makes it. And then they hold USC to win 43-42. USC's defense has been flawed all year. They, they, there was going to be a week they were, they were going to be a meltdown on defense, and this was the week in Salt Lake City. Um, but again, USC's probably out of the national title uh, contention here, the playoffs. Um, you still have undefeated UCLA in the Pac-12. I like that. You're going to hear more about UCLA in the picks here in a little bit. But, again, UCLA has a chance. They go to Eugene this Saturday to play Oregon. If UCLA can go undefeated through the Pac-12, I think they'll have a very good chance to make the playoff as well. Chip Kelly doing a good job this year in, in, in Westwood. You got Dorian uh, Thompson-Robinson, been there for, for 100 years, playing really well at quarterback. But if they can get through Utah here – We'll set up a potential showdown with USC down the road. TCU, Oklahoma State, we'll get another wild finish in the Big 12. TCU survives and advances in double overtime. Comes back from 14 down in the fourth quarter to tie the game to send it to overtime. TCU still undefeated as well. Again, cannibalism was is the king there in the Big 12. We got a lot of decent good teams. Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas, Texas are all good teams. They're all playing each other. That's the one beauty of the pack of the Big Twelve is they all play each other. Nine nine conference games and they play each other. They play them. You play everybody in your conference. So um, TCU's again. TCU runs the table. Look out! But they still got some work to do here. They got Kansas State this week, who is no easy no, no easy out. Highly ranked uh, Kansas State. Um, so again, I think TCU still got to play Texas here coming up. So, again, very likely that TCU will lose a game eventually. But, but again, a wild game in Fort Worth. TCU beats Oklahoma State double overtime. Kicking woes in college football. I have seen more kicking disasters in college football than I think I've seen in many, many years. The kicking games are just not very good in college football. For whatever reason, oh, I know what the reason is. The reason is these teams do not invest in kicking help to help their kickers and punters. It's amazing to me with all these multi-million dollar programs in these Power 5 conferences how the lack of a kicking game that these teams have because they don't typically have somebody on staff who knows anything about how to truly coach your kickers. Teach these kickers. It's as much of a technique deal as it is playing left tackle, playing wide receiver, or playing defensive back. If your technique is bad, you are going to crumble when the pressure is at its, at its highest. And I've seen just more and more of these kids are missing kicks. And it's fundamentally very, very poor footwork, very, very poor swings. And it has to do with coaching. These these programs do not invest in the coaching in that one part of the game Who when that, when that player is typically your highest scoring player and leading scorer every year in your kicker. So it, it blows my mind, whether it's Alabama, whether it's Florida State, whether you pick the big school – Lots of teams around the country are having major kicking issues uh, throughout the regular season, and it's costing teams opportunities to make the, the college football playoff. Mentioned Daniel Snyder. He's in big trouble in Washington, I think. 
Jim Irsay, after their owners' meetings this week, came out, uh, you know, very aggressively saying there is opportunity to run Daniel Snyder out of the ownership of the Washington Commanders. I think you're going to see in the next six months, Daniel Snyder will no longer be the owner, whether it's a forced sale or whatever. He will not be the controlling owner of the Washington Commanders, in my opinion, by you know March, March or April of next year. I think it's going to be uh, ugly. He's going to he's going to sue, but you're going to have a lot. Remember, 24 owners are needed to say no to boot Daniel Snyder out potentially as the owner of the Washington Commanders. He's been an absolute cancer to the league. He's been a cancer to the to the Washington D.C. area. The franchise is been terrible the last 20 years 25 years other than a couple of decent years in there and things are just ugly there in washington and dc so i think by i think by march of next year you're going to see daniel snyder voted out um and again whether he sells the team or has to relinquish control to, to, to his wife or somebody else we will see but it's going to get ugly before before daniel snyder gets out of dc but i think daniel snyder is the beginning of the end of him in D.C. as the owner of the Washington Commanders. Brady and Rodgers are struggling. Bucks lose a bad game in Pittsburgh. Green Bay loses a bad game to the Jets. Give the Jets credit. They are way better than I thought they would be. They went in there and manhandled the Jets, or the Packers and Rodgers. Both Brady and Rodgers are struggling with all any, any kind of consistency on offense. Really, really struggling. So we'll see if they can get their issues fixed and all that stuff. Let's give a shout-out to the New York teams, the Jets and the Giants. They are probably the two biggest surprises in the NFL. Jets 4-2, Giants 5-1. Remember, Robert Sala talked about collecting receipts and such. Give the Jets credit. they got a really good defense. They're playing just well enough on offense. Zach, Zach Wilson's doing well. they got a really good running back, Brees Hall. Got a good wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. And again, give the, the Jets credit. They got, they're playing with confidence. With enthusiasm, with effort. Same with the Giants. Five and one. Coach of the year, Brian Dayball so far. Shout out to my boy Anthony Blevins, who's on the coaching staff with the Giants, former teammate of mine at UAB, doing a great job with the Giants. Five and one. Again, come back from come from behind, beat the Ravens, down double digits in the fourth quarter at home. They beat the Packers in London. The defense is playing well. Barkley, Saquon is back. Daniel Jones not making mistakes, doing just enough on offense in the passing game. But again, Brian Dayball, coach of the year through six weeks, New York Giants. Um, again, we talked about the uh, Padres and Phillies. Zach Wheeler with a gem in game one. Houston, New York. Verlander pitched really well in game one for the Astros. I do. I think it's. I think San Diego Philly could definitely go seven games. I think the Mets and I think the Astros and the Yankees probably go six games. I like the Astros in six games there, but I do like the San Diego Padres to find a way to win in seven games in the National League Championship Series, setting up a Houston San Diego World Series. Fantasy Nuggets, a couple Nuggets for you before we get to Chris Perez, Kenyon Drake. He's the backup in Baltimore. You have some knee issues with J.K. Dobbins. Again, this could be an ongoing issue with Dobbins this year. With the remember, he's coming off of an ACL injury. He played very well last week. Uh, Drake did in in relief. Uh, Dobbins' knee was was very tight. Didn't play much. Uh, Drake runs for a hundred plus yards. So if he's available, definitely pick up Kenyon Drake. Uh, tight end wise, a couple tight ends. A lot of bye weeks coming up in these next couple of weeks, and you're gonna have to fill in your rosters. A couple of young tight ends to look at. 
Ferguson in Dallas. Remember, Schultz, Dalton Schultz is having some injury issues, so we'll see what his status is. But if Schultz is out, Jake Ferguson, tight end Dallas, is, a, is an option for you. Dak Prescott's back. He always likes throwing to the tight end as well. Uh, so there'll be some opportunity. Ferguson scored in Philadelphia last Sunday. And Greg Dolchich, tight end in Denver. Wilson hit, hit Dolchich for a long touchdown Monday night. The kid's an athletic guy out of UCLA, really good pass catcher. He could be a guy that really could be a guy that could fill in for you in bye week situations if you need a tight end. So Dolchich and Ferguson at tight end, running back Kenyon Drake. Um, we'll see, and also, here's another guy I would re- remind you about. He should be coming back at some point this year in the next month. Jamison Williams, Detroit wide receiver. Remember the first-round pick out of Bama. So he might be a guy you want, want to pick up. Maybe even if, if OBJ is still available in your league, take a go pick him up and stash him away in your roster as well. So those are two guys I think you'll see some, some production out of later in the year as we get to week 10, 11, 12 towards your playoffs. So there you have it. Some picks for the weekend. Interesting. There's not a great, not a great college schedule. Though we do have a couple good games. You've got Oregon, UCLA out in the Pac-12. You got Kansas State TCU. You got Syracuse, the surprising Syracuse Orangemen, uh, going to Clemson in Death Valley to, to face Clemson. You got um, interesting one in the AAC, East Carolina and Central Florida. You got Texas, Oklahoma State. So you do have some decent games. Mississippi State at Alabama could be a good game. Um so there you have, and, and again, you got LSU and, and, and Ole Miss. Ole Miss traveling to Death Valley. It's going to be an afternoon game, CBS. So potential uh, upset there in Death Valley. A couple games I like. I like UCLA and the points. That's They're getting like six points at Oregon. I think that's too many. Could definitely see this being a three-point game either way. Oregon's a really good team. You got Patrick Nix out there. You got Oregon with DTR and Chip Kelly. On the road, I think it'll be a really good game out in Eugene at that Autzen Stadium. Uh, another game I like, I think can't, I think Oklahoma State getting six and a half points against Texas might be too much. Texas is playing better with Ewers at quarterback, Bijan Robinson, but Oklahoma State in Stillwater getting six and a half. I like Mike Gundy. He, he's always a good coach when he's an underdog, especially against the, a, a, another big team like Texas. Um, and I do like Ole Miss to go to Baton Rouge and find a way to win in Baton Rouge. They're about it's about a two point spread there. LSU's favored by two at home. You know, give LSU and Brian Kelly credit. Nice win at Florida last week with Jalen Jaden Daniels. But I think Ole Miss is going to figure out a way to with the running game. Jackson Dart, Lane Kiffin calling plays. Just enough offense could be a high scoring affair. I like Ole Miss to go to Baton Rouge and get it done. Saturday afternoon on CBS. Um, so give me Ole Miss plus the two. I like Oklahoma State plus six and a half. And I like UCLA plus the six, six and a half on Saturday. In the NFL, I'm going to give you an upset game. I think Jacksonville beats the Giants on Sunday in Jacksonville. And again, all the hype behind the Giants. I know they're playing well. Um, I think Jacksonville's lost three or I think four games in a row now. Lawrence played much better last week in Indianapolis. They lost a, they lost one late in Indianapolis. I like Jacksonville minus the three at home on Sunday. I think Dallas comes back with Dak Prescott and plays well. Um, 
I like Dallas on Sunday, and I also like Miami Sunday night against Pittsburgh. It's a national. It's a Sunday night game. I think Tua is supposed to play. If Tua plays, I like Miami against a decimated Pittsburgh secondary. Uh, not sure what the status of Pickett is, if Pickett's going to start or Trubisky. Remember, Pickett got knocked out against Tampa Bay with a concussion. But I like the Miami Dolphins Sunday night minus the points if Tua plays in Miami. I think the passing attack with Waddle, with Hill, they'll run the ball more better with, with Mostert. The defense is pretty good. The pressure defense is good. The front four is good for Miami. Put a lot of pressure on Pickett. So give me the Dolphins Sunday night minus the seven at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So there you have some games. You got uh, the Chiefs and uh, 49ers is a big game Sunday afternoon late. with pro- That'll probably be Romo and Nance. Um, so there you have some picks for you. Chris Perez coming up right after the commercial couple commercials. And you will hear Chris Perez and I talk all things MLB, breaking down the playoffs. Enjoy the podcast and have a great week. This podcast is presented by Beefo Brady's Home Slice Pizza and Hank's Barbecue. For all of your restaurant needs anywhere in the Carrollwood Forest Hills area of Tampa, definitely reach out Beefo Brady's Home Slice Pizza on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue and Hank's Barbecue just north on Dale Mabry, just north of Waters Avenue on the left. For all of your catering needs, whether it's barbecue, whether it's sports bar food, whether it's pizza, anything you need as the holidays approach, reach out to Beef O'Brady's, Home Slice Pizza, or Hank's Barbecue. Games you want to watch Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday night, college football, NFL, NBA is starting, NHL is starting, college basketball right around the corner. Check out all the TVs, all the great setups, all you need for sports viewing at Beef O'Brady's on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Special thanks to our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions and Realtor Star Alvarado. If you are looking to sell your home or are looking to purchase a home anywhere in the Tampa Bay area, from Tampa to St. Pete to Wesley Chapel and everywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado. 813-538-9572. She will be a great advocate for you on both the selling side and the purchasing side of the real estate transaction. So Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. Print and Marketing Solutions. Do you have a corporate event? Do you have golf tournaments? Are you involved in an election? Do you need signs, banners, road signs? Do you need marketing pieces? Do you need color copies, business cards, everything in between? Reach out to Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located off of the the intersection of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. He is a full-service print and digital marketing supplier. Anything you need in the print print needs, Todd can help you. So reach out to Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Print and Marketing Solutions. Are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall? First time home buyer, you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation? Reach out to Titan Home Lending for all of your home lending needs. If you need an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, or even a bank statement loan, Titan is the place to help you. We will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. Again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between. 
Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. Again, we are almost to the American and National League Championship Series. Actually, the National League Championship Series is starting Tuesday night. We are recording this on Tuesday we are not quite there in the American League yet. We have one more divisional series to wrap up. Yankees and Cleveland got rained out Monday, so we're going to finish on Tuesday, and we are going to break it all down with Chris Perez is back with us, our two-time All-Star, St. Louis Cardinal, uh, Cleveland Indian, L.A. Dodger, uh, extensive major league career. So welcome back, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, I mean, it, the, the the playoffs just keep surprising me. Uh, all my picks are pretty bad, but <laughs> – I can still give some analysis. Shoot, I mean, all of our picks are bad. I mean, looking at the National League, it's the the two, the number five and six seed making to the AL, the NLCS, Philly and San Diego. So we're gonna we're gonna break it down, get into that here in just a little bit. Let's get to uh, let's get to the American League first, the division series: Yankees, Cleveland, Game Five, Tuesday night in New York. A um, little bit different now with the rain out. Now Cleveland can go back to their ace. Uh, Bieber can now start. In game five, the Yankees were going to start Tyone. Looks like they're going to probably start Cortez potentially tonight. So we're going to see how that goes. Just how does that – talk to me about the, the extra day, how that how that you think is going to affect this, the game five. Yeah, I actually just checked before I came on, and it, the Cleveland still has Savali listed as the starter. But um, I know I know Bieber had asked Francona to actually start yesterday. And uh, Francona told him, no, you're, you know, you're not going to start until uh, the ALCS. But I think this throws a – definitely gives the extra day rest definitely gives them some pause and uh you know he may not start but he may came, come in and, and you know give three or four innings out of the bullpen I know all of their big guys are rested Classe and right the other guys um I think the extra day off actually helps the Indians more than it does, or the Guardians more than it does the Yankees uh you know being at being on the road too kind of gives them that us against the world mentality you know uh, if you jump on them early then the the Yankees kind of start feeling that pressure of the home crowd and uh you know as we all know in New York uh, they they let you know how they feel so um <laughs> i think i think it, the extra day off gives the gives the, the Indians uh gives them a, a heads a, a leg up but at the same time, now the Yankees have Clay Holmes available because he was, you know, they don't want to use him back-to-back days. And so yesterday was his day off. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, even Garrett Cole, uh, he can come back in. You know, today's his normal side day. So he could be good for two or three innings maybe. Um, it's going to be fun. You know, it's, it's an elimination game. Uh, you know, they had to build up yesterday to have it all, you know, go through your whole routine and then kind of have it washed out. Talk um, about talk about that the the adrenaline emotional getting ready for that game five and then it gets rain. You think that because they were talking about they were going to play in the rain and all that potentially, and then right. you don't play and then you have now you have to turn around and play a day game the next day. Yeah, it's uh you know it, it's not just another game. You know, I think I think uh, they said Cleveland had the most rain delays out of anybody this year, so they're kind of used to that. Sit around and wait and then have to fire and crank it up uh, fast, but. Uh, playoffs are different, especially elimination game. Uh, you know, I, it, it, I'm sure they felt drained yesterday, even though they didn't play a game, just mentally and, and having that focus for so long and being on edge. And, and then when the word comes down that it's going to be, you know, postponed till tomorrow, it's just like, ah, you know, you, you kind of want to get it over with now. But 
Um, you know, they're professionals. The, the baseball is a lot of uh, adjustments to schedules and, and especially in the amateur side, you know, in the summer tournament schedules and stuff, people you're used to it. Um, and I think it's, they made the right call. You don't want to, you don't want that elimination game to be in a sloppy, rainy, you know, Oh, we, we have to pull the tarp now in the third inning rain delays. Like I think right. both teams would agree that, uh, pushing it off an extra day, it was the smart decision. I think you're going to see potentially Garrett Cole closing tonight. Yeah. I think you could see him be the close. I mean, cause I know Hol- Holmes, they've been iffy about his shoulder and all that. Right. Don't be surprised if you see Garrett Cole closing tonight for the Yankees. And I actually think that might be an advantage to Cleveland or, you know, uh, right. you know, the whole, uh, Garrett Cole, I think he has some kind of rep streak of like 30 games or, or like 15, 16 games in a row that he's given up a home run or something. Right. Uh, and, you know, he's not used to coming out of the bullpen. He might be a little amped up, especially if it's the ninth. I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I would, I would personally use him as a bridge to get to Holmes. Okay. Just because Holmes is, you know, he's, that's pretty much his role. Um, and, and he looks so good two nights ago. So, uh, right. you know, I would use Garrett Cole to maybe get the starter or somebody out of the fifth, sixth inning, give him that little bridge there in the middle of the game. And, and if he doesn't have it, then you can make a move right. instead of putting all that pressure in the ninth inning. I mean, man, talk about, you know, starting starting pitching, there's pressure, yes, but there's nothing like coming in out of the bullpen with a one-run lead or two-run lead in the elimination game in the playoffs to close out that game. Um, you know, starters are a little more used to having that time to work into the game and, and yeah. get their emotions under control. So uh, it'd be interesting. It's a lot of we're, we're going to have a lot of second, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking uh, come tomorrow to see how it all plays out. Because remember, too, as a reliever, new rule this year, you have to face three batters. You can't just come in for one guy. So if Cole comes in the game and doesn't have it for whatever reason, he's got to stay in there for three batters. That's that's why I'm thinking it won't be the ninth, just because. Uh, you never know, though. You know, if it's a four-run lead, maybe right. he's out. Um, but as a as a as a manager, I would think you would want to keep the guys' roles as as you know normal as possible. And, and Clay right. Holmes has been pretty pretty unhittable in the ninth inning. So, um, but you never know. I mean, maybe it's bases loaded, seventh inning, and he goes to go Holmes early. You know, and then right. they just try to piece it together. Uh, that's why playoff baseball is so fun because during during the one sixty two, you know, every game isn't as important. So. You know, if Clay Holmes is down and they, you know, have a one-run lead in the ninth and they put a rookie out there and he blows it, well, it stinks, yeah, but it's just one game out of 162. Whereas, you know, elimination playoff baseball, I mean, you make that one mistake and that's your season. So um, it's definitely be fun to watch. I, I, I was kind of disappointed it didn't happen last night, but now right. that there's no football tonight, it's got, you know, it's got the main course and it's going to be great. Here's the other thing, too. Remember, I think Class A hasn't pitched in a few days. He, you might see him for three innings tonight for Class you A. Might. If Cleveland has the lead in the sixth inning, you'll see Karinchak, and then I think you'll see Class A in the seventh inning. I agree, and uh, that's the pressure that, that mounts on the Yankees. If the, Indians, if the Guardians can come out early and get a two- or three-run lead, they, the, the Yankees know who they have waiting in the back of that bullpen. It just shortens the game. And um, th- that's a huge weapon. I think he's had three or four days off. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to be fresh. Uh, he's going to be, he's going to be pumped up and yeah, if he can keep his pitch count down, I mean, why not? You know, if two, three innings, they, they, they got to win tonight, right? They, yeah. there's no tomorrow. So, and, and tomorrow's an off day for them. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. Uh, Houston just sitting back there waiting saying, yeah, you guys, you know, you guys blow everybody out tonight. That's fine with us. One more Cleveland note, then we'll get to Houston. Spring training to 2023 first game Cleveland's playing in. If it's Cleveland and New York at some point in spring training, is Josh Naylor getting one right in the middle of the back for his antics running around on the home run on the home run trot? 
Man, I still haven't even seen an explanation for it. Like, I mean, he, what is that guy doing? I, I mean, I understand it's a big situation and you're all fired up and everything, but like with all the like the hand gestures and the you know like the baby symbols, like I, like carrying a baby around the bases, uh, there's got to be a backstory to that. Like, I, I mean, I haven't watched I, honestly. I haven't watched him much. Uh, I heard that he, you know, the I think the commentators say he plays with a lot of emotion and stuff. Uh, I mean, they're still losing, be- even with the home run. They're still losing. I know, I know. And, and Garrett Cole, I mean, you can kind of after that, after that, after those antics, Garrett Cole kind of locked in and didn't give up anything else the rest of the game. So maybe, maybe that turned a switch on. I don't know. Uh, the game is different today. Uh, you know, there's a lot of bat flips and people watching their balls fly, and then sometimes they don't even get out of the ballpark and they get a single instead of a homer or a double. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guarantee you Garrett Cole didn't find that too uh, too fun to watch. And and like you said, they were still losing. They were still losing the game. It wasn't a game winning home run or you know a game tying home run. It was just uh, it just brought them within one. So um, there has to be a backstory. That's that's what I'm going with. There has to be some kind of something that happened earlier this year or, or he I don't know it was just too and it wasn't even like the eighth or ninth inning it was like the sixth inning fifth yeah, inning like I, mean, I don't know it was it was wild <laughs> there, will be, there will be some retribution next year for that one at some point they haven't forgot yeah luckily they don't play in the same division so they don't see each other that much but yeah they're, they're next next July if you see Naylor take one in the ribs and yes. uh, like in the one game you'll you'll have to think back to to that you know circle around the bases that's right all right, let's get to Houston. Houston survives the 18-inning marathon in Seattle. I mean, that was a hard game to watch. Just like kind of the the Rays in the in the, in the Rays in Cleveland 15-inning, just no score. Nobody could do anything. It wasn't even exciting. It wasn't like there was a lot of base runners and all that stuff throughout the game. But Houston survived. Give them credit. Luis Garcia came in and pitched three, what, four or five innings late in that game, and, and they finally get the home run out of the young kid, the Pena kid. To, to get them through. Talk to me about Houston. What do you think about Houston? Uh, they look like the, the the cream of the crop right now. Every you know, the Verlander had his rough start and they they raced it and came back and won. Uh, right, I think out of all the big teams, maybe the Phillies, out of the, all the big teams, Houston's stars are playing the best. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is uh, you know he's mashing the ball like he always does. Um, I think they're the most complete team and. Uh, you know, I, I, I know I picked against them just hoping for an upset maybe, but, uh, you know, Seattle was my team and, and they played them tough. They, they actually, you know, like I said, they, they took it to Verlander and then they blew that game. Uh, they were up in the game too and, until the sixth inning and Jordan hit that home run. And then the last game, I mean, to keep that offense scoreless for 17, 18 innings on the road, yep. um, you know, you got to tip your hat to Seattle. They'll be back next year. Uh, Houston, uh, they've been here before, you know, like, Seems like every year they're in the ALCS or the World six Series. Six straight, six straight ALCSs. That's uh, you know, I know they got caught for cheating in that one season, but I mean, uh, they they just plug and play different players. You know, they lose a George Springer and a Carlos Correa and some pitchers, and and it doesn't really matter. You know, they add a a young guy in Pena, and they have Tucker that steps up, and yep. they're just a well uh, well run team. And and when they make those decisions to not sign back a Correa. It's because they have guys like Pena that they that they yeah you might be you know lacking the the experience but talent talent always plays plays out and uh, you know he's had a great season and and he's getting to show that on in, on the playoff stage they're pitching solid they have a good bullpen um, they're gonna be tough to beat uh, especially with this Yankee uh, Guardian series going all five and not having their they might not have their pitching set up the way they want 
Um, the only difference is this this next series this game is seven games. So right. um, the best team usually does come out on a seven game series uh, j- just because of the length. Um, but Houston, I mean, Altuve has, hasn't even gotten going really. And um, they're still, you know, they're still, I mean, Bregman's solid. He hasn't really done anything huge yet. Uh, Guriel hasn't done anything huge. And they're still, you know, they swept the Mariners and they're sent back rested. What do you think the best, you think the best matchup for, I would think the best matchup for Houston would be Cleveland because of the lack of hitting and all that stuff. But, but, you know, fans, we, I think the fans want to see Yankees Astros with, with (laughs) Judge and all those guys in the media and all that stuff. That to me, that's the best matchup, but you know, uh, and you made a great point about the pitching because if Cole pitches tonight, he he probably won't pitch till game three at the earliest. Same exactly. with Bieber. Same with Bieber. So now, and then if you use Nestor Cortez tonight too, so now maybe right. you're down to you know you're looking at uh, um, uh, who's uh, Tyone. Yeah, you got or Tyone maybe Severino. Severino, Severino right? One. Uh, yeah, then game two might be Tyon. So like, yeah, the the pitching definitely. Yeah, I mean, whoever gets to the ALCS, either the Guardians, they're not gonna complain. But yeah, the Astros are sitting pretty. They're they're you know Verlander's ready to go game one, fully rested, right. and, and they have their guys in line. Even Garcia that came in relief, he's going to be able to throw his normal day. So um, yeah, the, and they're going to be at home first. So right, uh, they got a huge advantage. But that's what that's why they played the regular season and and have all those wins. And uh, you know the Yankees didn't take care of business uh, like the, like Houston did. So that that's what happens. So talking about rest, you know, we talked about the, you know, w- would there be an effect of of having all the days off and all that? Dodgers lose, uh, Braves lose. Obviously, Houston won, but now the Yankees are on the brink. Any correlation? Do you think with the days off to to the teams getting eliminated, or because really, Dodgers won Game One, Yankees won. It's not like they lost the first couple games of the right. series. They won Game One of their series, but still lost. I think it's more to do with uh, just. Like, I mean, the Phillies, you know, they won the first two games uh, um, in the first round. They're just they're they're off and running. Right. They guys have gotten their playoff knocks already. They're already right. in the midst of it. Whereas the teams that have the buys are sitting back and then their first game, they're they're trying to it's hard to turn that switch on. And and the Phillies and the uh, you Padres, know, the Padres, they, they turn that switch on. And, you know, the Padres against the Mets had a great series. Their offense was hot. Yeah. Uh, hitting balls left and right they're they, they have the momentum coming into the to the next round and then starting on the road I think that's big um, you know sometimes when you play at home you want to do a little too much to impress the fans you you know you want to hit that big you know two out double to get a run in whereas when you're on the road you're you tend to be more locked in because the fans are on you right and uh, I think that's kind of an underrated you know, for, for a seven-game series, yes, you want the home field advantage. You're used to the optics. You're used to the bullpen. You're used to the mound. You're used to all that, the routine. But, you know, at the beginning of a series, I think I think the advantage definitely lies on, on the road team. Uh, but, yeah, you want to have that game seven home field advantage just for, for being f- familiar with the place. But I, I definitely think that the days off affected the, those teams. And uh, Houston, obviously, um, they, they were able to, to come through it. I think it just speaks to their their experience. Like you said, six straight ALCSs. That's that's a you know that's crazy. That's just mentality. That's a mindset. That's an expectation. When they're in spring training, they're not trying to get to the playoffs. They're trying to get to the World Series. And um, you know, they the all the team all the, the the funny thing is all the teams that are that got eliminated they all had holes. You know, the Dodgers won 111 games, but at the end of the year they were missing Walker Bueller. They're missing a couple of their studs on the mound. Um, 
you know, the, the Braves, uh, they won a hundred and something games, but you know, they had some holes during the season their, their starting pitching wasn't as sharp. Uh, Charlie Morton kind of let them down. Um, so all these, all these great teams, they all had holes and it's just crazy how it comes out in the playoffs. All right, let's get to the national league. Philly and San Diego are getting ready to start game one NLCS. First thing I want to talk about what electric crowds in Philadelphia and San Diego in the division series. Those crowds were unbelievable. You had the huge five run seventh inning for the Padres against the Dodgers in game four, you know, just a full, uh, full, I would say it wasn't a meltdown, but it was just a, what an inning it was for the Padres there in game four. And, and that's, that's, that's one of the, you know, another one of the black eyes for the Dodgers was the bullpen at the end of the year, you know, Kim, Kimbrough at the back end of the bullpen. Um, and, and then rears his ugly head in the playoffs. Like you can't hide in the playoffs. You, your deficiencies are going to come out. I still think the Phillies defense is going to show up at some point uh, in, in a big situation, uh, you know, misplay a fly ball or, or not play a uh, turn a double play or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, those, those fan bases, especially San Diego, you know, it's been a while since they, they've been in the playoffs and, and, uh, both teams facing division rivals too. I think that helped, you know, you're, you, you face them 19 times, you, you know, all about them. It's all about execution. Now you're not, you're not scared. You're not like, Oh my God, it's the hundred win Dodgers. Like, no, we play those guys 19 times. Um, so it, it was great to watch. It's great for baseball, you know, the, uh, to see some of these young stars, on, uh, you know, Soto in the playoffs again and Machado again, and, right. and some of the younger guys, like you said, Pena for the Astros, Bryce Harper, uh, Bryce Harper, I think he's tied for the lead with three home runs in the playoffs. Uh, the Phillies, they, they have a great offense. And, and then when you get Zach Wheeler and Nola throwing like an ace, um, they're going to be tough to beat too, you know, because uh, in a long series, those guys, are you're going to face them two times. So that's four starts from those two guys that are that are pretty much in the zone right now. You can't throw better than they did. But, again, that that's because of the familiarity. They knew the Mets, you know, or, or the Braves. They, uh -huh. they knew how the – the hitters and now it comes down to execution facing the Padres. They don't, I don't know. I think they played six or seven times this year. Phillies uh, won. Uh, Phillies won four, three. They played seven times. Phillies and it was all without Soto. Seven. It was all without Soto. Right. So like, um, it, that's what I mean. Like this, this will be a, a lot funner of a matchup just to see the, the cat and mouse games uh, like Nola and, and, uh, and uh, Wheeler, they knew what they had to do against the Braves and all they had to do was execute it. And they did. And they won. Against the Padres, it's it's a little more of the unknown. Uh, oh, you know they don't have Tatis Jr. in there. They right. got Soto, and the Padres are swinging it. I mean, up and down that lineup. Uh, you know, Grisham, Grisham, Cronenworth. Grisham. Yeah, uh, Kim, the shortstop, swinging it. He's getting on base. Um, so it's uh, Will Myers really hasn't you know taken off yet, but that's why that's what makes them dangerous. Them, I think them and the Astros have the deepest lineups for sure. I'm gonna go back to the Dodgers Padres for one second. Analytics question. Back to the, you know, taking a guy out too early. Tyler Anderson's pitching a great game in game four for the Dodgers. And here comes Dave Roberts. It's the third time through the order. We got to get you out of there. Padres commented after the game. We were so glad to get him the hell out of the game. He was eating us up. What I mean, yeah. at what point are these guys going to realize, let your eyes manage a little bit. The guy's pitching a great game. Your bullpen is not very good to begin with. And, and and it's and it's more than that too. He's a veteran pitcher. It's not a you know two second year guy or a guy that has a career uh, innings number or something. Right. And, and he's a free agent, so like use him up, right? Like he's not gonna be with us anymore. Use him up. But I mean, I think part of it is the mentality. Like 
the guys down there in the bullpen, they're like, this is my spot. This is when I come in. If you don't use them, you know, are they going to be able to get over that next, next time? But you have to get to the next time. That's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. These managers, they're always like worried about tomorrow or, or down the road. It's like, no, let's, let's win now. Like you never know, you know, ask the, the, the O two O three Cubs that were loaded, like you never know when you're going to get that chance again. So um, I think it was, I think it was four or five, six years ago, maybe the, the nationals held back Strasburg. Yes. They had, they had a really good team and, and yes. they're like, you know, he's on an innings limit. They, they ended up winning a couple of years later, but you know, you never know when these chances are going to come back again. Let Tyler Anderson lose the game. You know, he's, he's in trouble tight. at least, at least get yeah. into some trouble. It's just, it's almost like these games were just mapped out on the computer and they're like, all right, yep. Tyler Anderson, two times through the lineup. That's good yeah, enough. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't matter if you have a no hitter going a shutout. It doesn't matter. We're going to go to our guys. It's kind of like a scripted, you know, NFL play calling. It's, I, I don't know. I don't stupid. know when it goes. I don't know when it goes away. Honestly, I don't know. It's stupid in these one now again, like we talked about before <laughs> analytics over 160 games is different than a one game scenario. Exactly. And that's why, I mean, Dave Roberts played like use your eyes. Like you, right. if, if you were on the other side, would you want to, you know, you, you're begging for him to get out of the game. Like the, the Padres are saying, like, he's got good stuff. He's eating us up. Like, yeah. Anybody else, the guy throwing 110 will be better. You know, like, I know it's just, uh, it, it happens. It happens all the time. It's probably gonna happen again before the world series. But um, I think, although this year compared to the last couple of years, starters are dominating more. It's almost yes. like old old school, you know, October baseball. It's not one or two innings and then the bullpen. It's it's five, six, seven innings of, of good good starting pitching. And if you look at everybody that's left, the Yankees, you know, you, you, saw, what they you want. saw Boone leaving Cole, had 115 pitches. He's yeah. their horse. That's why you pay him $300 million to pitch seven innings and 120 exactly. pitches. Exactly. And, and the Yankees have the same kind of bullpen issues that the Dodgers have. And yeah, and you saw how fired up Cole was when he got that last, I think he struck out the last two guys in the seventh. Yeah. Like that, that gives him confidence going forward. You know, like I know it's Garrett Cole and he's an ace and he's making three. Every player needs a pat on the back sometimes or a shot of confidence from the manager. And, um, and it worked out. They won, right. They won the game and, and the, the Dodgers didn't. So. Talk about the dynamic, got an interesting dynamic. Two brothers playing against each other. Nola <laughs> the pitcher against Nola the catcher. Yeah. You know, talk about how 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 especially the catcher might know some of the pitchers. Ten, I mean, they all know each other, obviously, but with with the with the scouting and everything. But you know, the brother might know that one moment, that big, big moment of what pitch the guy that the brother might go to in crunch time. Talk about that dynamic. I mean, it's, uh, he might, I don't think they've played together in forever, but uh, it's, it's, it's gotta be cool for the family. That's for sure. And, yeah. and, and, and for them too, you know, the compete, I think they said the last time that happened was like 96 or 97 with the Alomar brothers. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of that frenemy, uh, you know, yeah. feeling like you, you wish him well, but not too well. Cause you want to win, <laughs> especially for both of them. They haven't been in the world series ever. So, um, you know, one of them's going to make it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the other one's going to be upset that it's not them, but but then you know, one or two days later, they're going to be happy for their brother that to, to get a chance to win a championship. Um, I'm sure that it's going to be super nerve wracking for the parents, um, especially when they face each other. You know, starting pitcher, starting right. catcher, they're going to face each other. So, um, and then bragging rights. You know, you always want to beat your brother, your siblings. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think Austin Nola is older. 
So, um, you know, yeah, Aaron's definitely not going to want to give up any hits or anything, any big situations to his brother. So that might actually affect the pitching, you know. Um, you know, if, if, if uh, Austin comes up with guys on second and third with two outs, you know, does Aaron challenge him? Or does he, you know, kind of pitch around him so he doesn't want to give up a big hit to his brother? Right. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be fun. It's, it's a nice uh, sub, sub storyline. And uh, like I said, I'm sure the parents are excited. And um, one of them is going to be in the World Series. So that's, that's, uh, that, as a family, you know, you, you look at like the Molina brothers, um, you know, they all supported each other and, and pulled for each other. I don't think they ever faced each other. But, right. um, you know, you're, you're happy when your family does well. So. I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna turn out good. Let's go to the bullpen real quick and we'll get we'll get we we'll get a prediction. Josh Hader looks like he's back, man. Throwing the ball great. You got Suarez in the eighth inning for the Padres. I think that's gonna be to me, that could be a big advantage for San Diego if they can get to Suarez because he again, both him and Hader have been electric and and Hader made the Dodgers look bad. He did, and uh they stopped using him so frequently. And uh I think I just think the the combination of the last three or four years, all the innings and, and one or two, you know, four or five out saves that he did with the Brewers, it just catches up to you sometimes. And uh, they, they kind of addressed that. And now he's only throwing one inning. And he looks like the old hater. Uh, they can do that because they have that setup guy that's that comes in and, and he's just as nasty pretty much. Um, I think the, you know, the Padres pitching staff, the, you know, when you Darvish is out there and, yeah. and Blake Snell throws well in the playoffs at home and, uh, obviously Musgrove shut down the Mets and had a good start the other day to keep them in there. Uh, they're pretty solid. They're a good yeah. team. They're a good team. And, uh, I know they, they didn't win. Like, I think it's the first time they have two teams under 90 wins facing off in the LCS, but, um, you know, the goal, the goal is not to win the regular season. The goal is to get hot and, and win the postseason. So, uh, you know, the Phillies, they're hot coming in with a lot of confidence and, and their bullpen is not as strong. I think they're getting Robertson back. Right. If I read if I read that right, that helps that helps them out. Uh, you know, the uh, they got enough. It's Alvarado's pitching really well. Dominguez is pitching pretty good. Yeah, Sir Anthony's yeah, he he comes in pretty good. Uh and, and the way they're starting pitches, Eflin's kind of been like that bridge guy. Yeah. The way they're starting pitches has been going deep in the games. Uh, you know, when you only have to cover six or seven outs out of the bullpen, it makes it a lot easier. Uh when you have to cover, you know, four or five innings, that's when you're piecing together uh, you know, matching up, uh, maybe extending the guy longer than you want to. Uh, so I, I, the key to that series, I think, is going to be whoever gets the other team starters out. out. And, and that goes with offense, you know, good at bats. The Padres, they, they work some long at bats. Uh, Soto does. I know that. Machado, uh, you know, Profar has even been working at bats. So um, it's you – know, then again, the Phillies pitchers, they come at you. You know, Nola and, and uh, Wheeler, they don't really nibble. You know, they're coming at you aggressively. So it's going to be fun. It's, it always comes down to one or two plays here or one or two, uh, you know, hits from somebody you're not expecting. And, um, you know, in a seven-game series, I think this goes six or seven, honestly. I don't see anybody oh, sweeping. Yeah. I, agree. Uh, I, think, I agree. Yeah, I think it goes the, maybe the full distance. And I think I think you make a great point about the defense. The Phillies have not been very good defensively. This is, could be This could be the series – where Schwarber and some of those guys get exposed. Segura's yeah. not the – he ain't the best defensive guy out no. there. So, and- uh, like, you, uh, you know, they're familiar with uh, with uh, Truist Park. I don't, I don't know the last time Schwarber played left field in San Diego, but, you right. know, it's not the easiest out there. Right. Uh, it's, it's a lot bigger of an outfield. So, yeah, I think somewhere down the line, their defense or, or lack of comes into play. 
Uh, I know Castellanos isn't the best in the outfield either. Right. Uh, right now they're, they're swinging the bats well and hiding that, but um, yeah, one or two, you know, not turning a double play, keeping right. the inning going. And then that uh, bam, you know, especially with the Padres, they got power up and down their lineup. So extra outs is not good. Um, I think that might be the, the X factors, the defense. All right, give me a pick. Who do you like tonight? Cleveland, New York in the division series. Man, I'm gonna go with Cleveland. Uh, wow. I like to. I kind of. I kind of. Your hometown for, team, your boys. Yeah, I kind of. I kind of root for anarchy, and uh, <laughs> you know, if it's like six to one in the sixth inning, I just want to hear those Yankee fans give it to them a little bit. Right. Um, it's gonna be tough. It's not gonna be easy. You know, the Yankees, especially at home with that short porch and and Rizzo and 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 Stanton, uh, Stanton and, and Judge being able to go Oppo. It's not gonna be easy. Um, if the, if the Indians hold them under four runs, I think they win. Good call. All right, all right, all right. Then who? Uh, if you got the Indians in Houston in the ALCS, who you like? I'm gonna go with Houston. Uh, it's the easy pick. You know, if the Indians, if, if I don't know, I mean, if they don't use Bieber tonight, then I might that might flip me a little bit because that means he can pitch twice in the in the series. Right. right. Um. But just, I mean, the, Houston's playing so well. They beat a good Mariners team. Um, they're sent back. They, they've played three games in, like, 15, 16 days. Right. So uh, they're healthy. They're feeling good. They're they're going to be at home. It's uh, They're going to have Verlander, who's looking to, you know, he's get looking to yep. get back on track. He's going to be focused. Um, I just think they have that, that, that mojo. You know, Pena got that big home run in the 18th uh, game, ending game. And then, uh, obviously, Jordan Alvarez is hot. You got Bregman. Uh, they, you just got the yeah, experience. Gurriel, Gurriel, yeah. Bregman, all these guys that have been there forever. And I think if Cleveland makes it to the ALCS, I think it's kind of a, okay, you know, we made it to the ALCS. We've had a great year. Yeah. Like anything else is gravy. Whereas the Astros are like, we expect this is our sixth time in a row. We want to yeah. go back to the World Series. Uh, our work's not done kind of a feel. And um, I th- yeah, I'm going to go with the Astros. Probably in five games. I think that's a, I think that's a good call. What about all right, Philadelphia, San Diego? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with San Diego. I think Me their too. offense is I think their uh, their lineup from top to bottom is, is doing a little better than the the Phillies. Um, I think the Phillies took advantage of, of the familiarity with with the uh, with the Braves, um, and I'm gonna go with San Diego in seven games at home. I think the home field advantage uh, will come into it later in the series, not early. Uh, I'm feeling Philly may even win this first game tonight uh, and steal it. But uh, I just think over the course of seven games uh, with Hader in the bullpen, uh, they, they got too many stars, too many star power in San Diego. And they, you get, give them credit. They've gone all in. They, they're a small market team, but they have, they have yeah. gone all in as far as paying guys, big yep. ticket, big, big ticket guys. I mean, trade for, for Hader. They traded for uh, all the guys they've traded for. Yeah. And, you, and you can't go against the goose, man. You got the goose out in San Diego. <laughs> yeah, and their uniforms too. I mean, it, you know, I like their uniforms too. They're kind of they blended the old style with the brown and everything into the yeah. new style, and that that place is gonna be rocking too. That's yeah, the totally different. I mean, Philly is too, but um, but San Diego, uh, the the that fan base is fired up to beat the the, the Dodgers, and now they're yep. gonna try that roll that into the World Series. Any managerial advantage, Melvin and Thompson? I mean, obviously, Melvin's got the experience. Uh, Thompson seems to have the players' uh, um, connections a little more, but Melvin's a great manager. Uh, you know, he's with the A's forever. Uh, always got the most out of his club. Yeah. Uh, he's real even-keeled. He doesn't show much emotion. 
Uh, he lets the guys do what they, you know, whatever they want to do on the bases or in the locker room. Uh, he's a player's manager. Uh, I don't know too much about Thompson, but the team seems to play well for him. Um, and they seem to have his back. So uh, I think, you know, this day and age, the biggest impact the manager has is the pitching decisions. Um, you know, yeah, a couple of lineup tweaks here and there, but they pretty much know their lineups already. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be the pitching decisions. You know, do I let this, uh, you know, starter go out for another inning or not? Uh, I think, I think it's a little easier with the Phillies because your top two guys are your horses. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to let them go seven innings, a hundred pitches every time. Um, the Padres, it's a little more iffy because Darvish, you know, sometimes he's got a big pitch count and it's only the fifth inning. Right. Uh, Blake Snell, same way, kind of sometimes. Uh, that's a little more touchy-feely situation, but they have good guys in the pen. So uh, I think managerial, it's, it's it's a tie. There you go. All right, great job, Chris, man. We'll have you back Thanks. next week for – We'll we'll probably be deep into the into the championship series. They may, they may not be over yet, so we may have to give you a game six or game seven breakdown next week. If not, and then hopefully maybe we'll give you a World Series preview depending on where they are in the series. So great yeah. job, man! Appreciate the time and have a great week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I hope they're still going uh, next week. I don't want them to wrap up early. I, I want more baseball. <laughs> and, you, and you and you get off the hook this week. No 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 questions from the Twitter. No question. I think. I th <laughs> I think they didn't know about uh, what they were recording. So, yeah, I got off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week, man. All right. You too. Thanks. All right. Bye. Are you ready to profit this NFL and college football season? Do you need picks to profit with your sports gambling outlet? Reach out to Picks to Profit at 813-542-7559. One flat monthly fee of $100. No more, no less. You will receive six picks Every week of the college football and NFL season. Point spreads, totals, prop plays, teasers, maybe even a parlay. You'll get all six picks emailed and texted straight to your mobile device on game day. Let us do the work while you profit. Picks to profit, 813-542-7559. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at JPOSports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.